This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2021. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. John, we're recording on April Fool's. The best, the best, your favorite day on the internet. Favorite day. (laughs) Also, half my hardware isn't working today, so maybe that's just... Maybe they're just... I yeah, maybe know, maybe your hardware manufacturers are in on April Fool's. They're, they, they're like, uh, that'd you know be what would be funny is if we just made everybody's monitor not work correctly. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not a fan of the, the April Fool's on the internet. No, I'm not. I think it's gotten old, especially uh, since the last year or two. I just... Yeah. I don't really find it that funny. Yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely um I don't desire to do it in April Fools joke on behalf of Transistor. Um and it, there's some of these like I shared with you this Teletubbies one. <laughs> like the official mm-hmm. Teletubbies account is I'm assuming making a joke that they are they've released their own cryptocurrency yeah well there was there was also the one about volkswagen rebranding as volkswagen because they're they want they're going to shift to electric electric cars but like they did it too early it actually affected their stock price and they did it two days <laughs> early and then they're like oh yeah it was a joke that was, it's like wow, that was a bad okay. joke and it got out early and yeah yeah it just looks bad yeah i did i think uh our friends at fathom did one that i think was pretty good which was just them saying that they had acquired google that that was pretty funny nice and it's perfectly that's like perfectly brand on brand for them so right but uh (laughs) overall you know i think i'm also one of those people that it's like if it's too cliche if it's too like expected i don't find it funny i i want to like i just want to be funny for funny's sake so yeah April Fools. And but this will come out not on April Fools. So you folks are you folks are uh don't have to worry about that. We're not we don't have any April Fools yeah. jokes planned. Hopefully everything keeps working today. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> the hardware manufacturers uh end their joke and your your so it's just your monitor that's not working? Yeah, so I have this four K monitor and it just all of a sudden so I I, I got some office space, mm-hmm. right? that I've been coming into yeah. and hooked everything up. And it's like one of these weird situations where you got to kind of find the fir- the perfect cable for it to use. Otherwise it just doesn't got work. It. So it's one of those monitors where it can, it can power the laptop and like do the video over the cable. Oh yeah. And today I came in and it just like doesn't work at the native resolution. And now it's as blurry and I can't make it. Uh. <laughs> Literally nothing changed. Well, I mean, you don't need to see text when you're programming. No, no, I don't. <laughs> you, just, you, you just want to intuit what, what it looks like. So if there was a if there was a window in this office, it would have flown out the window, but there's not. So, <laughs> so you're, that didn't happen. I, I mean, that's new. You you just moved to a new office space you're trying out, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm recording in here, so it's uh, it's a little noisy. Yeah, you were saying because you're in a co-working space. Tell us about it. So it's like you're you've got your own. You're not in an open work environment, though. You, you... no, I'm not. I have a I have a small private office. Um, it's through a friend of mine, Sam, who I used to work for and work with a number, lot long time ago, and he's been working on a, a company called Desk Pass, which is, um, you know, like co-working rentals and membership and you can kind of get one pass and and work at whatever space you want and it's uh he's been working on it for a long time but i think it'll it seems to be going pretty well obviously the covid affected things but yeah so he has his own space in chicago that he, he works out of and then there's common there's a common workspace and private offices and there's not very many people here um yet mm-hmm. or usually but for some reason today it was kind of noisy mm. um but yeah it's it's a nice space it's just uh you know after working at home for a long time, it's nice to kind of step up for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we've talked about this before, but for me, getting out of the house is a huge mental improvement. Yeah. It's like uh, if I'm in the house all day, even, I mean, even my house is great. You know, there's lots of natural light. There's, you know, a fridge right there and coffee right there, but getting out and then having a routine for me where I get out, go to a coffee shop, see people I know, even if it's just seeing this, the barista and having a little small talk and then moving on with my day and then saying hi to people who are at the co-working space. It just introduces those micro moments. Yeah. And I don't think we've had a lot of those over the last year. So it is, it's nice to have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be yeah. helpful for you. Um, uh, yeah, so that's we'll we'll hopefully keep reporting back on that. See yeah. how how it ends up. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it works out. I mean, it's it's month to month, so it's uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't yeah. work out. But well, I, we'll try it out for a while and see. I what mean, happens. work environment. I think is something that uh, remote workers and bootstrappers and entrepreneurs they they don't think about it enough. Uh, you know, I I think it's actually more important than we think uh, that we give it credit for, and. Sometimes you don't get it right the first time. And sometimes you get in a rut. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just used to working in a certain place and you realize you don't realize how the environment's affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I just got off the phone with uh, Derek Reimer at uh, Savvy Cal. That okay. was fun. I, I hadn't uh, chatted with him for a while. Like I, I listened to his podcast all the time, but I, I hadn't actually uh, chatted with him for a bit. Really, uh, it's nice. Like, I, I think I'm realizing how much I miss certain things and I didn't realize it. Like, you know, going to a conference, microconf or something like that and getting to hang out with people or going on our founder retreat that we did and getting to hang out with other people and talk kind of voice to voice is, it's nice. Yeah. I miss those too. I was, I was, uh, catching up with, uh, a friend of mine, the other day who worked for Kickstarter started one of the co-founders of Kickstarter and he lives in Chicago and hadn't talked to him in a while. And it's kind of the same idea, right? It's just like, you miss those moments. Those like serendipitous moments of just being in a place with a bunch of other people and meeting random people and talking. And yeah, it's, I think a lot of people are probably missing that. Yeah. I also, I, I forgot how much, um, cause as I'm talking to him, I was just sharing with him, like he wanted to know how our affiliate program was working. He's thinking about doing something similar. And so I got to share all these things that I've learned 
And it just got me really pumped up. And as I'm kind of teaching him everything I know, I'm having all of these insights about stuff we could do for Transistor. Like I was like, oh, and you should definitely do this. And then I like, you know, do this Google search and show him all the things he should be looking at. And I'm like, oh man, I, I got to do this for Transistor too. And so <laughs> I've been working all morning on all these things that kind of came out of me having this little session with him. Um, so I think there's other benefits, you know, so, so often, especially in pandemic times, it's just like heads down, working on your own thing, on your own computer, not associating with anyone else, but those sparks of creativity for me, at least come from knocking into other people. And, uh, you know, there's kind of ideas that come out of that. Just, mm -hmm. yeah, that serendipity, I guess. Yeah, just yeah, it's kind of you know, having discussions about something else entirely can trigger something else. I had this other realization. I tweeted about this, but you know, when you have a podcast like this, and then you have tweets and blog posts, you have this record. And two years ago, March two thousand nineteen, I posted this screenshot. I just can't believe this. We were like just on the verge of hitting ten k a month in monthly recurring revenue. Yeah, two years ago. Two huh? years ago, March 28th, 2019. Wow. It just, it, having, you know, uh, I think Jason Fried has this post about how you can't trust your company history. Uh, yeah, so he, Jason has this post called Your Company History is a Myth. And he says, everything you've heard is fabricated, manipulated, or exaggerated. It probably didn't happen that way. You know, so he's just saying, you know, we, we, uh, we, are it's revisionist history, right? Like we, we, we don't remember the way things are, but I think for you and I, we, because we have such a record, like we have all these podcasts and blog posts and tweets that I, I for me, it's like, I think we're actually pretty close to <laughs> the truth. Yeah. So yeah, 10 K a month, uh, almost two years ago. And guess how how quickly after that we hit 30K? Well, I can tell you because I'm looking <laughs> at it, but... <laughs> I I mean, if you had told me... It, it, was, it was much, much faster yeah, than Yeah, it was six months. Like that... Yeah. I just can't believe that. And th that was about the time we left. Well, I left my job and we, you, we both went on full-time. So right? I went full-time, quote-unquote... Uh, right when we hit 10k and i think okay. we were paying me something like 5k a month or something and then yeah. um when you went full-time that summer in july right 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 it was july or we august just yeah. hit 20k okay and then in october we hit 30k right so yeah i'm continually amazed and sort of just i don't know thankful and yeah. Yeah, it's been... It's a, I think it's helpful for me because I think of the two of us, I still sometimes get pulled into the dark side of comparison and, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, is this going to be sustainable? How long is this going to last, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And just seeing that perspective, that history is helpful for me. Because really, yeah. I mean, what was our expectation? You know, at the beginning, it was like, both of us were like, if this could pay us 100K a year, 
that would be a win, you know? And to be, to have achieved so much more than that is just, and have it really change our lives is incredible. So yeah, it was fun finding that tweet. I I think I was searching for something else and I, I, I happened on it. I was (laughs) like, oh wow. And it's almost exactly two years ago. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the you know, for people who are building a SaaS right now, you know, there's like f- folks that are kind of like in those early stages like uh John Young Fook who's building Banner Bear and Derek Reimer who's building Savvy Cal and you know, there's all these people who are kind of at the beginning. Uh Peter Sum just started another one, a uh, new product called Reform. All these folks um uh, are at the beginning and they're like, you know, kind of grinding away and they're thinking, okay, like when you're in it, it's kind of like, is this ever going to happen for me? You know, you think back on it when, where we were two years ago and what we were working on, how we were working. And it's like, it's honestly like hard to even remember just based on the last mm-hmm. year. Because it was, it just seems like a lifetime yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, the, the pandemic's, the <laughs> pandemic's added uh, 10 yeah. years to our lives. Yeah. Well, and I, I was just chatting with Simon Bennett at uh, Snapshooter, and, you know, he's in those early stages. You know, he's working away. He's a solo founder. And I was saying, you know, I was saying a few things to him. One, like, he showed me his revenue graph, and I said, your revenue looks great. Like, yeah, it feels slow right now, but keep in mind, um, I think he's still in his 20s. So, like, it, it this <laughs> happened for me in my late 30s, and I'm 40 now. If you're in your 20s or your 30s, um, and you are, you know, you're getting to 2K MRR or 5K or 10K, you're so much ahead of a couple old jackasses uh, you know, John and Justin, like we're, we're, we're crusty old guys. Yeah. And this happened for us later in life. And you're going to get those co- compounding returns earlier if you're early. So that's one thing. I think for all the crusty old folks listening to this podcast, I, I think our story should also be inspiring because it just shows you like you can do it in your 30s, 40s, 50s and you know 2 years later so you could start something at 50 and then at 52 or 53 you're uh you've kind of achieved your dream, right? Yeah. And we and we're still using crusty old Ruby on Rails, we're not <laughs> using the fancy new stuff. Like it's it's fine. It's working fine. Yeah, we are we're the epitome of the the old grumpy guys on the porch. Uh <laughs> <laughs> JavaScript. Um, <laughs> so I think that's encouraging. And, um, and you know, like I, I went back to that old tweet where we just hit 10K and Jason Cohen from WP Engine <laughs> replies and says, Congre-, he, he says, uh, congrats. See, hang in there, quote unquote, worked. So he, he had obviously at some point told me to just hang in there and, you know, trust yeah. the process. Yeah. And, um, and this is interesting. He said, so easy for me. I didn't have to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week to get there. 
And I was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't think we ever actually worked that hard. I mean, in the beginning, we were putting in some some longer days. You know, you were going to the office and then coming home. Yeah, there were longer days and weekend days. And but stuff. in retrospect, um, it didn't feel like we were, you know, really killing ourselves. Uh, it was it was hard. No, but I don't think so. I actually, I actually think those constraints were helpful to some extent because it really let us focus on what was important to actually launch the thing and not try to do everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we had, maybe you had like three or four hours to work on it. And you're like, I'm going to get these things done because they're important and they're a core part of their product. And then the rest of it, like we can mm -hmm. do that later. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I hope that's encouraging for people that are building stuff uh, and feel like, like feeling like it's never going to happen for them. I remember feeling like that. I remember feeling like that before we started Transistor, like, you know, when I was depressed those couple of years and I was just like, <laughs> you know, this is never going to happen mm -hmm. for me. I've been working at this forever and it's just, I'm never going to have that breakthrough where things get easy <laughs> and calm. Yeah, calm. Right. And, you know, I tried partnerships before I tried, you know, it, it was just, it, there's something about consistent effort in one direction over a long period of time. And you know, I was working on building a business, building a business, building a business, and it didn't work, didn't work. And then I had little successes. And then, but then I, you know, fell off the train and it didn't work. And then, you know, you and I found each other, you and I launched this thing and it worked. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been involved in starting, I don't know how many companies with people or by myself, like eight. I don't wow. Know, a lot. None of them really worked. Yeah. Well, one of them worked, but that's a new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, and eventually, transistor might not work. But I think um, what was different about transistor than anything else I've done is now we were. When did we start this? Two thousand eighteen. So that's three years ago. Are we in our third year or fourth year? Yeah. Third. Y yeah. Third. Um, so you know, we've had three years now of this company and the, for me anyway, especially these last two years have just been, uh, I've been able to relax. I've been able to be calm. I've been able to have margin. And this is actually relates to something else I've been thinking about, which is kind of a challenging topic because it's, um, it can be frustrating when you're in that build and grind stage of, you know, working on trying to build a business or trying to find that idea that's going to work, trying to find a co-founder that can work with you. Um, it, this is, it's, this is a frustrating reality is that margins create margins. That's a patio 11 quote. So, <laughs> when you have margin, so like right now, Transistor is profitable and we have lots of margin. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you and I have numerous times this past year gone, you know what? I'm not feeling it this week. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to like, you know, kind of relax. Yeah. Um, we have financial margin. We have margin with our time. We have margin. And that margin really 
gives us the opportunity to think strategically about the business, to make slow decisions, to be thoughtful about what we commit to. And, you know, in tech especially, there's this drive, it seems, often to like fit more into a day, to get more done. Like there's a lot of productivity gurus that are like, you know, here's how you fill your calendar like with a block-based approach and here's the uh, what do they call it not the tamaguchi uh the the uh what do you think <laughs> with a tomato the tomato what is that called uh <laughs> ketchup <laughs> there's some people that know what i'm talking about uh where, where you work for 20 minutes and then you rest for three minutes oh the pomodoro pomodoro <laughs> yeah it's not the tama is that the right tamaguchi um you know there's the pomodoro technique where you like but to me all of that is just like how do you get more done in less time and right i just like i don't my desire is to get a few good things done every day even even if i got like a few good things done every week I would be happy. You know what I mean? Like if I got, yeah, I mean like, I, yeah, I think I, we have, I brought this up before, but there's been, there's been weeks where I've done nothing, but it's not wasteful. It's like, I'm at least thinking mm-hmm. about it. And then I finally get to the point where I am able to sit and concentrate and then I'll get it done much faster than I yeah. did before. Right. And I'll just like, I don't know. It's kind of procrastination. And there are times where I'm like kind of get anxious about it that I'm not doing anything, but it always ends up working mm-hmm. out, right? Like I'll, I'll be, I don't know, frustrated or stuck on something for a week or a week and a half and we'll talk and then I'll, maybe that's the like kicking the pants that gets me motivated and then I'll do it and it'll work out yeah. pretty well. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin. You'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. Well, for all of, the, all of those pieces to come together, it, I'm surprised by how often I'll be like stuck on something and then, and I'll just be like, you know, in that kind of harried work mode where you're just like, you're, you're kind of like thrashing and trying to figure things out. And then I'll go to the bathroom and just like walking to the bathroom and coming back is enough time to <laughs> dislodge, yeah. you know, my brain. If that's true, like if, if a little three minute break does that, I think uh, it's okay to take a week to just stew on something, you know? Right, right. And again, this is what I, I think margin creates margin. So when you're not under the gun to come up with a solution right now, um, you know, that's where you really make bad mistakes, especially when, it, mm-hmm. when we're talking about user interfaces and shaping a product uh, in a way that's delightful to use and makes sense. Like most people can't just sit down on their com- at their computer and just immediately have the instincts to like, create a perfect uh, user experience on their first try. It takes time. It takes like time to think about it, to have it kind of in your subconscious roiling around. And you could be canoeing and doing that, 
You could be uh, running and doing that. You could be going for brunch and doing that. And so time away from the office, I've never felt like that's wasted. Actually, when I was used to work for people, I always felt like I wish my boss would pay me for that time, <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> that time before I go to sleep where I'm working through something in my mind. Right, yeah. I think we've all been on teams where the boss was like, we need to get this done now. Like, we're in a sprint. You got to have this finished. And, um, you know, we shipped as product manager, we shipped some stuff I wasn't proud of because we just needed to get it done fast. Right. And I think being able to be kind of methodical about things is, um, it's an advantage. Right. But it does. Yeah. Like you said, it does when you have that, I guess, financial margin to not have to worry about paying your bills Mm -hmm. and, losing the company like it really does open up a lot of freedom and and time to yeah do things a little bit more methodically yeah i more thoughtful yeah, I, guess. I think this is why i'm maybe changing my mind about you know funding um although funding the problem with funding is sometimes that can stress you out that you've taken money um so i i think people need to do Whatever they can. And again, I'm, I've been there. I've been under the gun. I've been in the slim margins world, both when I was working as an employee and when I was running my own business. Um, I've been in desperation mode where it's like, you know, I lost two clients and it's like, I got to get, how am I going to get three new clients by next month? Like, what am I going to do? Right? Um, mm-hmm. I know what that's like. And... Uh, I think this is why I'm, I've, I I keep, uh, banging on this drum of looking for products, categories, and business models that provide you with the most margin. And I think it's easy to fall into a business, to fall into a routine, to fall into a category or a service sector that just requires more of you than you can give. And our category is not massive. If, you know, if there's one thing I don't like about our category is the ceiling is pretty low compared to some other things. But the benefit for us is that the product doesn't have to be super complicated. The product doesn't require um, some of these more uh, difficult, uh, like email deliverability. Um, if you're a email service provider, like that's a massive challenge and we don't mm-hmm. have things like that. You know, uh, our category has its own challenges, but there's, there are just certain types of categories, certain types of products, certain types of markets, certain types of sectors and, um, feature sets that, don't require as much. And the more complexity and lower margins and all of those things, they they don't automatically equal um, better life and more profit margin for the founder. (laughs) (laughs) There are some businesses out there, like if you have to be a YouTube influencer right now, and you're kind of in that middle class of YouTube influencer, like you've got a couple hundred thousand subscribers, 
you're super talented at what you do, but you got to put out three videos a week. And from what I've heard, that's a pretty low margin business. Like it's just hard to make it in the middle class of YouTube. Uh, most of the money is made by the top 0.1%. Right. But in SaaS, I'm, my guess is that the middle class is much bigger. Probably. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about, I know I think about this sometimes, about just how many, how many people there are in the world and how many potential customers there can be. It doesn't take a lot. I mean, we don't have a huge customer. Yeah. We have, I, I think we have under 5,000 customers. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, there's what, 2 million podcasts now or something? Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, the way you can carve, you can carve out a small portion of the market if you keep, you know, your expenses lean, your team small and be, that's fine. I mean, I, yeah, there's um, over a million podcasts right now. And my guess is that our biggest competitors have probably, I don't know, 80,000 customers maybe each. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not a massive market. Like, there's bigger markets. Uh, I was telling Derek Reimer, like, the the market for calendar scheduling software is massive. Like, it's every day. I was thinking about this because now my daughter's 18. So now she's officially an adult. She's Gen Z. So she is Mm -hmm. entering into the, the stage of her life as a working adult, as a prosumer, as a you know, employee or businesswoman. She, Gen Z is coming online as potential customers. So every day in the world, you have a whole new generation of kids who are becoming adults who need calendar scheduling software, (laughs) who who need a hey.com email address, who need, you know, uh, a new form creation software and they haven't even heard of Typeform, and they haven't even heard of calendly and they haven't even heard of uh outlook.com you know what i mean like th- th- right. this is a, yeah. this is the world we live in and uh certain categories definitely uh, lend themselves to that and we benefit from this as well like every day there's new people uh there's new like young people that are starting a podcast there's new uh baby boomers that are starting a podcast and haven't heard of any of the other competitors. So there's, there is room in the world for solutions and there's room within existing categories. Because like I said, there's some people like, like if you asked uh, my daughter, like what are the, you know, what's, what are the top calendar scheduling software utilities? She would have no idea. Right. Would she know no. any? And yeah. and like, how would you, okay, you need to create a form. How would you do that? And she would, she'd probably like Google best form software or, you know, like the, it's, it's the, the, the opportunity is there. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't even know how we got on this, but I find that stuff fascinating and encouraging uh, because I think for us, especially with the show, one of our objectives has always been, you know, especially once we experience some success, like this is, this has changed my life and I want this for more people. Like I would be happy if there's less billionaires and more 
hundred thousandaires and millionaires. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's create more of those uh, in the middle class. We are definitely in the middle class of SaaS. <laughs> like, if you compare us to mm-hmm. like like Absolutely. enterprise SaaS or like Slack level or Microsoft three hundred and sixty, like we we are in the lower yeah. lower, uh, you know, <laughs> revenue wise, we're you know not even close. But the the for us, this has dramatically changed our lives. And we're at now we're at the stage where uh we're planning on hiring somebody full time. We're pretty close. Uh we'll hopefully be able to talk about that soon. But now yeah. we're able to uh you know hire other people and have them be a part of this. Now now we're gonna be providing a livelihood for other folks as well. Yeah. And that'll be that'll be a new adventure for us. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I guess managing people and yeah, that'll be a change. But yeah, it's it's kind of amazing to be at that it's, point. It's yeah, it's fun. So yeah, hopefully all of that is encouraging. Hopefully all of that uh, speaks to folks out there. Um, I I I said in this, some someone asked me when I was saying, you know, I have no desire to get more done in a day. They asked, did you always feel this way, or only when things were going well? And I said, you know, I definitely hustled the hardest when I was working for businesses with low margins. That's the thing about low margin work. You spend an enormous amount of energy treading water. High margin work gives you the space to do less tasks with more impact. Um, And, you know, this is, if you work for a boss who's in a, like, you know, things aren't going well, they will download all of that stress onto you. Mm-hmm. It's like if yeah, absolutely. if your boss is treating you like shit, it's it's because things are not going well, right? And <laughs> right. we've all talked to people like that. We've all been in situations like that, where you know you you talk to a friend and they're like, "Oh man, like my boss is calling me at all hours, and they told me I had to work on the weekends, and then they blew up on me because I didn't do the spreadsheet right." And it's like, you know what? If you can get out of that situation, you should because. Low margin work leads to that kind of um, toxicity because people are under pressure. High margin work. Yeah, yeah, they're they're being pressured from someone else above them. Yeah, it the when you have margins, especially as a boss or a manager, it's so nice. You can just you you see things more clearly. There's less cognitive load. You're not under you know the the thumb of the world you're 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 free to think and calmly assess and um you know it's easy for you to say oh that's okay that doesn't matter great yeah. job oh yeah. mistakes happen you know <laughs> like um <laughs> you know you and i have both made mistakes with transistor and it's so nice for me to be able to tell you like if you make a mistake to say it's okay john <laughs> it's not a big deal <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. You know, we're, yeah. So, but for sure, our relationship would suffer if, if things get bad, you know, if we lost 80% of our customers overnight, uh, you and I, our our relationship would be worse for sure. That's a big, that's a big unknown about how that would sort of manifest itself, roll out. And what, and what would happen? Yeah, I, I have no idea what would happen. Well, we're, we're talking about it now so that we can remember that we talk like this. Yeah. But I, I just yeah. know, like, you know, if, if, if everything's falling apart in your romantic relationship, 
it's just <laughs> like, uh, sorry, if everything's falling apart in your life, it'll affect your romantic relationship. Like if you lose your job and you get in a car accident and you, uh, your, your dad's in the hospital, uh, for sure your friendships and your romantic relationship is, is going to suffer. Um, and the same, you know, the same is true for business partnerships and for employee employer relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that, I mean, that's really the benefit when you get to this scale of having margin. Yeah. So that, I think that's the benefit is just, um, and for those folks that are trying to get there, who are listening going, yeah, I just want that life. Like, when am I going to get there? You know, make sure that you're in a good category, make sure you're working on the right things. But if, you know, I think Jason Cohen's timeline, like he's saying, you know, if in two years you can get to 10K MRR per founder, that's that's a pretty good benchmark. And, um, you know, and maybe it's taking you longer, but you're you're still young and you've got time. So if if you're at 8K MRR, but you're 27, um, uh, Maybe it's worth keep going. Like, like I said, like, I, you know, uh, one of the nice things about being young is that your, your margin, you, you need less margin because your expenses aren't as high. That's true. Yeah. Or you haven't been working so long. Like the, the challenge for old guys is that we've been gradually ratcheting up our salaries and, and even, and then the industry as a whole, like right now, software development. Like if, if, if you wanted to, you could go work at Google app, Amazon, Facebook <laughs> for, you know, 350 K. Um, and so yeah. that's always becomes the other challenge, you know, is if you're in an industry that's kind of ascendant, um, and you get older and you've got seniority, then you need something that has enough margin to replace what you could earn somewhere else. Right. And honestly, yeah. if you could, I mean, if if you're a developer and you can be happy um going to one of those places I, I think you and I would not be happy there but it's worth exploring if if you're thinking about starting a business like starting a business is a bet it's a risk and you can keep you know like john said you you tried eight bets right and there was no guarantee that your ninth bet was going to win you could have you could have had no. a ninth, yeah, a tenth, right. an eleventh, a twelfth, a thirteenth, and then you could have died. <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's a dark way to think about it, but yeah, that could happen. Uh, so, if you want a surefire bet and you're not sure if business is right for you, yeah, go apply at Amazon, like, or or figure out how you can ratchet up your career to to get a position like that, because you might be able to get. Um, a lot of the freedom you're looking for uh, without having to take the risk. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, how did we talk this long? I think you did most of that, I don't know. <laughs> what, else is, what else is new? Well, let's, why don't you give people an update on all the, the cool stuff we've released lately? Um, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have released, we have released a bunch of stuff. Um, the biggest one was the update to our private podcast. Um, which allows you to send out an email notification every time a new episode is released, which we didn't mm -hmm. have before. 
uh, and then includes a way for you to listen on the web. So you don't no longer have to actually subscribe to your private RSS feed in a podcast player because a lot of people like just weren't familiar with them or don't know how to add it to Apple. We're on a device. Or... We're on a, yeah, or we're, we're on a device that, you know, a corporate device that they couldn't add new stuff to or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so now you can actually, yeah, have emails go out with each new episode. You can actually customize parts of those emails. This was huge. This was well. huge. Like, that, yeah. first of all, not only was it not possible with Transistor, I don't think anybody has done this. Uh, notifying private subscribers by email and then having a web player that is hashed unique to that subscriber. Um, this is mm -hmm. this is a podcast industry innovation. I think so. This is something we realized was important because we were listening and observing our customers. The the mm -hmm. the traditional kind of um, uh, moat you not moat uh, the traditional kind of line you can get stuck in is like oh well we got to figure out how to get this into a podcast player. But when you observe people in a corporate context, you know what's the most popular podcast player? Email and the web. That's that's yep. like if you got a uh, <laughs> if you get a notice from your boss that there's a corporate podcast and he's like, you gotta listen to these for training purposes. Uh you're even if you're a podcast listener, it's very likely that you're going to be like, yeah, just give it to me by email. And then every morning I check my email when I get to the office. Oh, there's a new training session. I'll just listen to it in the web. It's, it makes mm -hmm. sense when you think about it, but that, that idea wasn't apparent from the beginning. So yeah, that was a huge release that, that one there. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, along with that, we've been getting requests for this a long time. So we have this, uh, integration where you can connect your podcast to Twitter and then every time a new episode goes out it automatically tweets and has an embedded player and links to your your uh, shareable website where you can play uh, people were always asking to be able to edit those tweets and kind of compose their own custom mm -hmm. tweets so we rolled that out where there's you know you can write whatever you want in the tweet and add in these placeholders for the show the podcast title the episode title and the URL to link yeah. to uh that one, yeah, that one was easier than easier than I thought. I guess I'd finished it a little quicker, but it still has a few drawbacks that are hard to fix because there is a limit about how many characters you, you can use in Twitter. And your podcast title and your episode title are all variable. So uh, it does kind of cut off certain sentences and truncate things a little bit. We'll see how well that works out. But. By the way, that that release got the most love on Twitter than anything else we've done. <laughs> it's like people are All just right. like nice. waiting for that one. They're like, yes. Yeah. You know, some customers have been asking for that since day one. <laughs> yeah, right. It's always like, uh, maybe we'll do it. Uh, but great, a great example of, you know, uh, sure, you can't move so slow that people get frustrated and go somewhere else. But you know, that was always like maybe 10, 20% of our customers really cared about that. And um, yeah, it's great to do it eventually, but it wasn't mandatory. You know what I mean? It was like, this is right. a nice to have. And now we've done it. We fixed it and it improved it. And yeah, yeah. people are happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, added uh, an extra security feature where you can turn on two-factor authentication for your account if you want and use one of the authenticator apps and scan a QR yeah. code and have it generate your, your code for you. Um, 
did not include anything like texting you a code because that's actually fairly insecure from what I read. You know, your, your phone number can be spoofed and you can, people can, you know, it, it is, it is like, you know, a podcasting app and not your bank account, but like might as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also then we have to s- sign up for Twilio and now we have to manage SMS. It's like, yeah, right. Let's just, right, right. This is easy. It's like scan a QR code, get it in your authenticator app. You're done. Uh, and then the last one we rolled out was improvements for importing a podcast. Um, previously, it was it just sort of sat there importing and told you it was importing, but never gave you an update on what's going on. Um, now, when you import, it'll actually send you to a page where it live updates how many episodes have been imported and tells you when it's done. So that was, you know, not really requested very often, but I think it's just kind of one of those nice to haves where. It's it's even good for us as you know when we're doing customer support to be able to log into someone's account and see like what where the thing is at and why it's taking you know six hours or something. Oh yeah, I mean that's one again those things that people probably wouldn't request, but by observing customers, we know like okay, how are we going to improve their their uh, experience? Uh, we'll improve the experience by improving the way this kind of onboarding works, and uh, also improve the way we can like for customer support reps and things like that, help them to serve the customer better. So, yeah. So those are, yeah, that's what we've been doing. We got a couple other things we've been thinking about that, you know, might be able to knock out pretty quick. Yeah. 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 No, this is, it feels like I'm getting excited. I think, I think it's still going to be like to get out of this pandemic mode. My guess is by the time autumn rolls around, I think, you know, I'll be vaccinated. Um, the I think conferences will open up again. Travel will open up, and I'm mm-hmm. feeling like I'm starting to get more creative energy. I feel like uh, the end of 2021 and 2022 are going to be big, big years. I think it's just yeah, I can I feel so. it in the air, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. And there's people like Tyler Tringus. He's tweeting like. You know what? He says from all the data he's looking at and he's got, you know, all sorts of inside looks at different so- software companies and, you know, new people that are applying for funding. He's like, this is the time. Like if you want to start a SaaS company, this is a great time to start a SaaS company. I mean, it's yeah, I think the best time is now. Like it's always there's no better time than yeah, now, I guess. Like Well, and I think he's especially thinking like things are opening up and this is going to be a, you know, if you want to be, and again, like I said, there's, <laughs> in the meantime, you know, like, uh, my daughter is becoming an adult and she's going to need tools by the time, you know, like all that stuff's mm-hmm. happening right now. So, yeah, I think if you're thinking about building a business, nothing wrong with starting right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So. Sorry, folks, this is a little bit of a longer one, but, you know, we haven't done an episode in a while, so uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Let's go through our Patreon supporters. We have a few new people. I just want to mention that we've actually been giving away most of this money. Uh, So if you are a Patreon supporter... That's true, we have. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, what we're doing is we're sponsoring other creators. So um, you are... uh, You helped enable our our work. especially early on when Patreon was like more money than we were making from the company. 
Um, but now you're enabling all sorts of creators around the world to do their work. So yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, everyone. Uh, so yeah, we do have a couple new people. Uh, we have Oleg Kulik, and I'm gonna not get Violet this one right. de Geneville. There you go. Is that is that Canadian? That uh, French, French Canadian that would have been more like Violet de Geneville, <laughs> and I'd have a cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, as well <laughs> and we have the uh the take it ev podcast ethan gunderson diogo chris willow borja soler ward sandler eric lima james sowers travis fisher matt buckley russell brown evandro sassy pradyumna schimbecker noah prale colin gray josh smith ivan krakovic shane smith austin loveless simon bennett michael sitver paul jarvis and jack ellis uh, my brother, Dan Buda, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schubert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! And Kyle Fox from GetRewardFull.com. Thanks, everybody. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.